Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Monday, January 9th, and we start with local news. The Spring Hill Police Department is seeking the public's help in identifying several people involved in an altercation that included someone who brandished a gun. According to a Spring Hill Police Department news release, officers were dispatched to the Body Shop Athletic Club on Stephen P. Jokic Parkway at 6.30 p.m. on Thursday for a reported disturbance involving a handgun. Police said that several people who were playing basketball got into an argument which resulted in an unidentified person displaying a handgun and prevented people from leaving the scene. Police said that no shots were fired, but now they are hoping to identify the people involved in the incident, all of whom were gone when officers arrived. Spring Hill Police Department is asking anyone with information about the incident or those involved to submit an anonymous tip at www.springhilltn.org. Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder and Vice Mayor Randy McBroom will be sworn into office in a ceremonial event at J.E. Woodard Elementary School on Thursday, January 12th. This event will be held in the school's gymnasium with limited seating. It is free and open to the public to attend. Visitors may begin arriving at 9 a.m. and the program begins at 9.30. Chaz Mulder won his bid for a second term as Mayor of Columbia and Randy McBroom won his first election bid for Vice Mayor in November of 2022. Both are looking forward to visiting Woodard for this event. I'm honored to have the opportunity to be sworn in for a second term as mayor for the city I love, and I'm even more excited to have the event in front of a school-wide assembly at Woodard Elementary, exclaimed Mayor Chaz Mulder. Within that student body sits future public servants, including the possibility of a future mayor. It is my hope that by bringing this event to them, the students will leave with an understanding of city government and a love for their hometown, he said. Newly elected Vice Mayor Randy McBroom McBroom commented, I am both honored and excited for the opportunity to be sworn in as Vice Mayor at J.E. Woodard Elementary School. What makes it extra special is that many of my family members have attended Woodard. It is a great honor to serve the city of Columbia, he said. Woodard Elementary School Principal Carol Ann Gent was quick to embrace the idea of hosting this important ceremonial event that will take place in front of her elementary school students. We are thrilled Mayor Mulder and Vice Mayor McBroom will be sworn in at J.E. Woodard Elementary, stated Gent. The future of Columbia is its youth, and I'm excited Mayor Mulder is sharing this moment with our students, she said. A few years ago, Spring Hill residents were ecstatic about a wider Highway 31. The project was on the state's three-year plan, an indicator that smoother commutes might be imminent in the heavily traveled corridor directly connecting the city with Interstate 840, Thompson Station, and Franklin. However, that sentiment has changed in recent years. The project was not on the Tennessee Department of Transportation's three-year plan released in April, which included $3.6 billion for 58 projects in 34 counties. A state legislator representing Spring Hill, as well as the city mayor, both aimed to get the project back on TDOT's priority to-do list. I was under the assumption that we were well on our way to getting Highway 31 widened, said Representative Todd Warner, who represents District 92, which includes part of Williamson County and all of Marshall County. Warner, who became a Williamson County legislator after last year's redistricting process, spoke to the Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Alderman last month. 
I was made aware not to expect widening for at least five to six years, Warner said. I made TDOT aware that's unacceptable to us down here, he said. Warner said his understanding was that Thompson Station leadership maybe wasn't as on board as Spring Hill was at the time. Maybe that's the reason it was taken off, Warner added. However, Spring Hill Mayor Jim Hageman said the newly elected Thompson Station Mayor Brian Stover is supportive of the project. Stover stated that the town has a productive and collaborative working relationship with TDOT and cited technical reports for the highway widening project that were created in collaboration with town leaders and staff. The town fully supports the 31 widening project and requests that TDOT add it to their annual three-year plan, said Stover in an email. Stover added that he hoped TDOT officials recognize the urgent need to begin construction as soon as possible. Warner wondered if one of Spring Hill's former state lawmakers, Representative Sam Whitson, a Republican from Franklin, might know more about the project's progress. Whitson served on the state legislators, legislature's transportation committee last year. Whitson stated that sometimes projections change, but added there's been no funding pulled from this project. Whitson was optimistic about the new interchange at Interstate 65 and Buckner Road in Williamson County that's expected to be complete this year. He said it should alleviate some traffic on Highway 31. Still, he recognized the widening project is a priority. I drove up Highway 31 from Spring Hill during the holidays, and it was just a mess, Whitson said. Whitson emphasized that the TDOT three-year plan is a planning document. It can change. The key is getting funding, Whitson said. The preliminary engineering phase has not been funded yet. It's going to happen. It's just competing with other programs right now, he said. The Spring Hill Board and Mayor approved a resolution on January 3rd to send to the state legislature stating that the city recognizes the critical importance of widening Highway 31, which is also Main Street in Spring Hill, to increase traffic flow and reduce congestion. The resolution also notes that the city has obligated more than $655,000 toward preliminary design and right-of-way for the project, and the city will commit to continue to support and partner with TDOT in each and every way possible to achieve the widening needed as soon as possible. Now that the resolution has passed, Warner said he'll contact state transportation officials. I'm going to make it my goal to hound TDOT at least once or twice a month to see if we can get Highway 31 widening moved back up, he said. Warner said he would ask to be on the Transportation Committee in the upcoming session, but ultimately that decision will be made by House Speaker Cameron Sexton. Warner has jo was joined at the Spring Hill board meeting by Representative Kip Capley, Republican from Summertown, and Representative Scott Sapicki, Republican from Cullioca. Capley represents District 71, which includes part of Murray, Hardin, and Lawrence counties, as well as Wayne County. Sapicki represents District 64, that includes part of Murray County. Also in attendance was Senator Joey Hensley, a Republican from Hohenwald, who represents District 28. That includes Giles, Lawrence, Lewis, Murray, Perry, and Wayne counties. Even if the project is prioritized, the city estimates that pre-construction tasks alone, including design, right-of-way acquisition, and utility relocation, could take up to seven years to complete. Spring Hill leaders have pushed for expanding the highway for several years. Nearly a decade ago, the former mayor argued for the city to completely take over the widening project on the state highway. In 2016, the city began working with an engineering firm on plans for widening to five lanes with lower right-of-way costs than were initially projected. Those plans proposed a five-lane cross-section, but with narrower than standard lanes. 
Previously, an environmental study for Highway 31 widening from Duplex Road in Spring Hill to I-840 in Thompson Station was included in TDOT's 2020-2022 through 2022 three-year multi- multimodal plan. It was the project's first appearance on the list. In 2019, TDOT signed off on an environmental study required by federal law to be conducted along Highway 31. TDOT is doing all the NEPA and paying for it. TDOT is paying for the study as well as right-of-way acquisition and construction. A Spring Hill woman was arrested last week on her 23rd birthday on three counts of fentanyl distribution and second-degree murder. Brianna Nicole Collins was taken into custody just after 5 p.m. on Tuesday, January 3rd at Huff's Grocery in Thompson Station by Spring Hill Police and was released on $70,000 bail later that night. Collins has been charged with three counts of delivering fentanyl, according to police reports. Fentanyl is becoming an epidemic in the country, according to the Drug Enforcement Agency. According to a DEA press release, the CDC estimates that in the 12-month period ending in October 2021, more than 105,000 Americans died of drug overdoses, with 66% of those deaths related to synthetic opioids like fentanyl. Last year, the United States suffered more fentanyl-related deaths than gun and auto-related deaths combined. Fentanyl is killing Americans at an unprecedented rate, said DEA Administrator Ann Milgram. Already this year, numerous mass overdose events have resulted in dozens of overdoses and deaths. Drug traffickers are driving addiction and increasing their profits by mixing fentanyl with other illicit drugs. Tragically, many overdose victims have no idea they are ingesting deadly fentanyl until it's too late. Collins is due in court on February 7th. The Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation announced appointments to its board of directors for 2023 during the group's recent December meeting. Retired educator Adrian Law will retire as chair of the board. Kelly McCall, controller at TriStar Bank, will also return as treasurer, while local counseling professional Emily McKnight will return as secretary. Tina Adams, a retired pediatric nurse and local community volunteer who has served on numerous boards in the area, Dr. James W. Richardson, Jr. has served as a vascular surgeon in the medical staff at Murray Regional Health since 1988, and Jim Selby, a former university administrator, tenured professor, and higher education consultant, all have agreed to join the board and will begin a three-year term in January. Selby, who also serves as Murray Regional Medical Center, will also serve as Murray Regional Medical Center Auxiliary President. Murray Regional Health CEO and Chief Medical Officer Dr. Martin Cheney will serve as an ex-officio voting member of the board. Mark Cashin, Brenda Frierson, and Stephen Hughes will rejoin the board for a third term following one year as board ambassadors. In addition, Dr. Alex Goodman, Matt Lewis, McCall McKnight, and Nathan Miller each completed their first three-year term on the board and will return for a second term. Board member Jenny Adcox completed her second term and will serve as a board ambassador for one year before returning for a third term in 2024, while board member Billy Blackstone will transition into a board ambassador role after completing his third term. The leadership from the Foundation Board of Directors is critical to the success of the Foundation, Foundation Executive Director Joe Kilgore said. Their guidance and financial support have assisted us in advancing the mission of the Foundation since its inception in 2006. I'm very grateful for all board members and look forward to a great 2023, he said. 
During the board's December meeting, the foundation also recognized outgoing board member Dr. C.W. Ball, a longtime Murray County physician and retired chief medical officer for Murray Regional Health, for his many years of service to the foundation. Dr. Ball has served on the foundation board of directors for six years, including two three-year terms as a voting member. The board of directors for the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation consists of 28 voting members, 12 board ambassadors, and seven emeritus members. You can view the full roster at www.murrayregional.com forward slash foundation. Murray County Public Schools Superintendent Lisa Ventura is pleased to announce Ms. Stephanie Page as the assistant principal for Hampshire Unit School. Ms. Stephanie Page graduated with a bachelor's degree in education in 2003. She began her teaching career at East Hickman Intermediate School in a third grade interim position. Then she taught eighth grade English at Hickman County Middle School for four years. In 2008, Stephanie began her career with Murray County Public Schools as Hampshire Unit School, teaching sixth, seventh, and eighth grade RLA. Ms. Page earned her master's of education in supervision and administration in 2014 from MTSU. During her tenure in the classroom, Stephanie had served on multiple committees for the state of Tennessee for TN-ready testing. In 2018, Ms. Page was selected as one of only 13 educators from across the state to serve as an assessment ambassador for the Tennessee Department of Education. Ms. Page served as assistant principal at Hampshire from 2019 to 2021. She briefly served the district as RTI coordinator before returning as interim AP at Hampshire in 2022. On being selected as the assistant principal for the second time, Ms. Page shared, I am beyond thrilled to be welcomed back to Hampshire as their assistant principal. It is not often one gets to come home twice, and this opportunity humbles me. Hampshire is an outstanding school with a strong surrounding community, and I look forward to serving the Hampshire Unit School family for many years to come. Once a hawk, always a hawk, she said. Ms. Page is a great educator and leader, stated Hampshire principal Dr. Brian Brewer. Her classroom and administrative experience provide the Hampshire students, staff, and community a leader who is passionate about the work of educating students and the community Hampshire serves. Hampshire Unit School is excited to have her return to the school as assistant principal, he said. Superintendent Ventura shared, I am beyond excited that Ms. Page stepped up when asked to become an interim assistant principal of Hampshire Unit School at the beginning of the 2022-23 school year. It is challenging to accept a temporary position. Ms. Page's loyalty, compassion, and never-ending support of Hampshire Unit School students and faculty are evident in everything she does. Making this position permanent is an easy choice for me. Ms. Page gives 100% to Hampshire Unit School and Murray County Public Schools every day. I am thrilled she accepted the assistant principal job, she said. Murray Regional Health has opened the new Murray Regional Occupational Health Facility at 1114 West 7th Street in Columbia. Murray Regional Occupational Health provides its business partners with a full spectrum of employee health needs, ranging from pre-employment physicals and drug testing to a a full service workers' compensation clinic. With convenient on-site x-ray and laboratory services, as well as an array of testing and screening options, the team is equipped to handle employee health needs with proficiency and expediency, and has extensive knowledge regarding federal OSHA and Tennessee workers' compensation guidelines. Our goal is to provide high-quality care for all employees of our partner businesses, said Linda Oakley, RN, the director of Murray Regional Occupational Health. We're quite proud of our new state-of-the-art facility, and our team members are ready to help with any employee health need, she said. 
Some of the comprehensive services offered by Murray Regional Occupational Health include evaluation and treatment of work-related injuries and illnesses, pre-employment and annual physicals, including those for Department of Transportation, drug screenings and breath alcohol testing, routine immunizations such as flu, hepatitis B, tetanus, and others, tuberculin skin tests, urinalysis, pulmonary functioning testing, respiratory clearance and respirator fit testing, vision testing, hearing testing, and treadmill testing. Workers' comp services are also offered, including evaluation and treatment of work-related injuries and illnesses, follow-up evaluations and treatment of work-related injuries and illnesses, activity restriction recommendations, and return-to-work assessments. We're thrilled to be able to offer these services to our business partners, Oakley said. We work with businesses and industries of all sizes throughout southern Middle Tennessee. Employers who are interested in partnering with Murray Regional Health should call 931-490-1125 or find more information at www.murrayregional.com forward slash occupational dash health. Columbia State Community College recently received a contribution of $100,000 from NHC for the new Southern Regional Technology Center slated for the Columbia campus. NHC plans to pledge $100,000 to the SRTC at $25,000 per year. Scott Bidwell, vice president of NHC's South Central Region and team members from across the region, presented the first-year payment of $25,000, which was received by Dr. Janet F. Smith, Columbia State President, and Bethany Lay, Columbia State Vice President for Advancement and Executive Director of the Columbia State Foundation. NHC has been an active partner with Columbia State for many years, providing equipment and clinical opportunities for the training and instruction of students, said Lay. NHC employees also engage with college faculty through service on various program advisory boards. This partnership helps to graduate an excellent workforce, many of whom become employed by NHC to provide care for members of our communities. The proposed SRTC, which will be built on the west side of the Columbia campus, will be a hub for workforce development. The state-of-the-art facility will provide a central location in the region to meet the educational and training needs of citizens and employers. It will be a major economic and workforce development resource by providing the latest in industry and healthcare training with an emphasis on partnerships through internships, apprenticeships, program development, and job placement. The facility is expected to cost $50 million and will be the largest of the college's buildings. National Healthcare Corporation and NHC's South Central Region is excited for the opportunity to support Columbia State Community College. TCAT Pulaski and TCAT Hohenwald with a pledged donation of $100,000 from NHC's Educational Foundation, the Foundation for Geriatric Education, towards the Southern Regional Technology Center project, said Scott Bidwell, Vice President of NHC's South Central Region. NHC South Central Region recognizes Columbia State Community College and the TCAT organizations as a primary supplier of nursing workforce in our communities and are eager to assist in that ongoing effort by your organizations. We look forward to the opportunities the Southern Regional Technology Center will bring to Columbia and our surrounding communities, he said. The Columbia State Foundation is a 501c3 organization that supports and partners with the college to positively impact student success and the communities in which it serves. For more information, visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash foundation. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have mainly sunny weather today with a few clouds coming in late 
In the afternoon, the high will be around 50 degrees with light and variable winds. Tonight, we can expect partly cloudy skies with a low of 31 degrees. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. 
Hello, friends. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Thank you seems appropriate for this time of year. At Tennessee Children's Home, we have even more to be thankful for this year. We have a new campus and have moved in. We've been overwhelmed by the support you've given us to the move to the new campus. Please continue to support us as we try to pay off this debt. Please go to our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, for more information. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. We're known for a lot of great things here in Tennessee, but there's one thing we've got to fix now. Too often, criminals use stolen guns and violent crimes. I'm TBI Director David Rash. Help us prevent gun thefts. When you're not carrying, secure your guns, not only at home, but also in your car. Secure it. Lock it. Help stop it. Take the extra step. Together, we can keep Tennessee safe. Brought to you by the TBI, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Funded under an agreement with the State of Tennessee Department of Finance and Administration Office of Criminal Justice Programs. Supported by Award 2020 MUBX0051. Awarded by the Bureau of Justice Assistance, Office of Justice Programs, USDOJ. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm your host, Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Republican Kevin McCarthy was elected Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives on a historic post-midnight 15th ballot early Saturday, overcoming holdouts from his own ranks and floor tensions that boiled over after a chaotic week that tested the new GOP majority's ability to govern. My father always told me, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, McCarthy told cheering fellow Republicans. Eager to confront President Joe Biden and the Democrats, he promised subpoenas and investigations. Now the hard work begins, the California Republican declared. He credited former Donald President Donald Trump for standing with him and for making late calls, helping get those final votes. Republicans roared in celebration when his victory was announced, chanting, USA, USA. Finally elected, McCarthy took the oath of office, and the House was finally able to swear in newly elected lawmakers who had been waiting all week for the chamber to formally open and the 2023-24 session to begin. After four days of grueling ballots, McCarthy flipped more than a dozen conservative holdouts to become supporters, including the chairman of the chamber's Freedom Caucus. After staunchly opposing McCarthy's bid for House Speaker 11 times, Tennessee's U.S. Representative-elect Andy Ogles switched his vote Friday afternoon in the 12th round of voting. Ogles has been among 20 far-right Republicans who have continued to vote against McCarthy all last week. On behalf of my colleagues who have been negotiating in good faith and as an act of good faith to my colleagues, I vote for McCarthy, said Ogles on the House floor Friday morning during the 12th round of voting for Speaker, causing many other Republican colleagues to erupt in a standing ovation. Still, McCarthy failed to get the majority of votes. McCarthy fell one vote short on the 14th ballot, and the chamber became raucous, even unruly. McCarthy strode to the back of the chamber to confront Republican Matt Gates, sitting with Lauren Boebert and other holdouts. Fingers were pointed, pointed, words exchanged, and violence apparently just averted. At one point, Republican Mike Rogers of Alabama, shouting, approached Gates before another Republican, Richard Hudson, physically pulled him back. Stay civil, someone shouted. Order restored. The Republicans fell in line to give McCarthy the post he had fought so hard to gain. House Speaker, second in line of succession to the presidency. The longest fight for the gavel started in late 1855 and dragged on for two months with 133 ballots during debates over slavery in the run-up to the Civil War. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today.
Trenner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. For the fourth time in a little more than four years, the Mega Millions jackpot has topped $1 billion. After known ticket matched all six numbers drawn Friday night, the jackpot for the next drawing on Tuesday, January 10th, 2023, is currently estimated at $1.1 billion. That's a take-home pay of $568.7 million in cash. If won at that amount, it would be the third largest jackpot in the game's history. The only Mega Millions jackpot's large than Tuesday's estimated $1.1 billion are the game's record $1.537 billion, one in South Carolina in 2018, and $1.337 billion, one in Illinois in July of, on last July 29th. Six Mega Millions jockpots were awarded in 2022, including one $20 million winner in Tennessee. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM, WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.